Hello there. Welcome to the Connect the Dots podcast. Uh, Connect the Dots. <laughs> Y'all, maybe one day I'll actually like record this uh, officially again, and then I don't have to say it every time, but... Um, but yeah, let's let's get back into it. Hi, uh, let's start over. Hold on. Three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the Connect the Dots podcast. Connect the Dots is a podcast that takes the time to explore um, some of those deep, thought-provoking questions that come across my mind. Uh, we learn more about neurodiversity. I bring interviews to you from a variety of individuals on a variety of subjects, and we learn how to navigate the workplace. Um, Through all of this, we're connecting the dots and bringing together a beautiful journey. Uh, My name is Heather, and I am your host. My pronouns are she and her, and I am a white female. I have short strawberry blonde hair. I wear red glasses. Today, I have on a black shirt, and I sit in front of a teal wall that is covered with different art pieces. Yes, so welcome. (laughs) It is the second week of the month, so we are focused on neurodiversity. Uh, Typically, this episode would have come out a few days ago, um, like this past Thursday, but I did not manage my time well last week. So here we are on a Sunday evening recording this podcast for you with uh, barely any makeup on. And (laughs) um, it's just where we're at today. Um, but I wanted to get this, um, this, this out to you, um, because I have, um, just listen, focus, focusing is key, Heather. Oh, what an appropriate topic for neurodiversity this week as I struggle (laughs) with the focus. Um, and I just spilled water on my bullet journal. That's lovely. Oh, Okay. Oh, darn it, y'all. Man, it went like all over my journal. Sorry. Pause, please. I mean, don't pause the podcast. I'm still here. I'm still jabbering along. Oh, man, y'all. That really, really stinks that I just got water on my journal. Um, Oh, well, it's fine. It's fine. It builds character. Builds character to those pages. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Sip of water. Hit my mic. You know. It's all, it's all the usual suspects that happen on the podcast. And we're only like three minutes in or something. Okay, let's go back to, oh gosh, I went out of focus. There we go. Um, let's get back to what today's episode is about. Um, second week of the month, we're focused on neurodiversity. Um, I'm going to do a book review today. Um, I've been seeing this book. Um, it's come up on several of the uh, neurodiversity Facebooks that I'm Facebook groups that I'm in. Yes, all those words. Several neurodiversity groups on Facebook. Uh, people talk about this book a lot. Um, but the book itself, this uh, this book is how to keep house while drowning: a gentle approach to cleaning and organizing. As you can see, I made some notes. Maybe I won't go over all these, but there's lots of good stuff in here uh, that I at least felt like maybe I'll share. Um, And the author of this book is Casey Davis. Um, Let me read a little about this author 
um, section because I find that um, these things are usually better than what I could come up with. So I, I'm not going to recreate the wheel here. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> life hack. Uh, so Casey Davis is a licensed professional therapist, author, and speaker. She is the creator of the mental health platform Struggle Care, where she shares a revolutionary revolutionary approach to self and home care for those dealing with mental health, physical illness, and hard seasons of life. Casey began her mental health journey at 16 when she entered a treatment for drug addiction and mental health issues. After getting sober, she became a speaker and advocate for male uh, for mental health and recovery. Professionally, Casey has worked most of her career in the field of addiction in roles such as therapist, consultant, and executive director. She lives in Houston with her husband and two daughters. So that is a little bit about this author. One other really cool thing about this book is Casey actually originally self-published this book before it was picked up by um, a segment of Simon & Schuster. Um, so it is... Um, the imprint is Simon Element. I hope I use that term correctly. My friends in the printing industry can tell me if I just used the term. The imprint. I have no idea if that's right or not. We're just going to go with it. <laughs> oh, look. So Simon Element is an imprint of Simon & Schuster. <laughs> look at me go. <laughs> Using that noggin of mine. Okay. <clears throat> so what is this book about? Right? It is not about swimming. Sorry. If you thought it was about swimming. It's not. It's not. Um, I'm going to read it back to you. It's kind of small print. But, uh, so, but I'm going to read it to you. Um, it says, This revolutionary approach to cleaning and organizing helps free you from... Helps free you from feeling ashamed or overwhelmed by a messy home. If you're struggling to stay on top of your to-do list, you probably have a good reason. Anxiety, fatigue, depression, ADHD, or lack of support. For therapist Casey Davis, the birth of her second child triggered a stress mess cycle. The more behind she felt, the less motivated she was to get started. Casey regained her sanity and functionality of her home after one life-changing realization. You don't work for your home. Your home works for you. I like that a lot. Uh, building on this foundation of self-compassion, she simplified her to-do list, designing creative workarounds to accommodate her limited time and energy. In this book, Casey expands on the powerful advice that's drawn millions of fans to her TikTok account at Domestic Blisters. We all know Heather doesn't have TikTok. I have not seen that account. No clue what's there. But go check it out if you have TikTok. At Domestic Blisters. Uh... <laughs> It says, inside you'll learn to see chores as kindness to your future self and not a reflection of your worth. Start by setting priorities. Stagger tasks so you don't procrastinate. Uh, clean in quick burst while, uh, mm, words, clean in quick burst within your existing daily routine. Use short, use creative shortcuts to transfer. I promise, I promise I can speak. I just can't apparently speak the words I'm reading at the same time. Use creative shortcuts to transform a room from messy to functional. There we go. With Casey's help, your home will feel like a sanctuary again. It will become a place to rest even when things aren't finished. You'll move with ease and peace and calm will edge out guilt, self-criticism, and endless checklist. 
they have no place here. There we go. That is what this book is about. Let's dive in. I'm going to give you some of my biggest takeaways. Like I said, there's a lot of little post-it notes in here. Eek. Uh, I don't know that I'll, I'll touch on all of them, but I will, I will absolutely touch on a, probably a majority of them. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I think is really cool about this book is because uh, Casey herself is neurodivergent. Um, she actually has this uh, opening to this book. I just realized there's no, oh, this is in the part before page numbers. Uh, there's a page that says how to read this book. <laughs> I love it. Um, and it says like this book has been designed for maximum, ac maximum accessibility for readers who are neurodivergent. Yes. <laughs> um, they are, uh, you know, this has to do with the font. Um, you know, they're left angled, making text easier to read. Paragraphs and chapters are short. Yes, that is great. Uh, main points are bolded. This was awesome, by the way, because when I went back, because I, when I started reading this book, I did not highlight things that I wanted to, to like go back to. I started that at like two chapters to the end. <laughs> so when I went back to review it and mark the things that I wanted to like bring up in this conversation, uh, it was very easy because things are bolded, bolded in this book. <clears throat> um, and then there are pieces that are like where she'll be like a literal interpretation, right? Like she just, instead of offering a metaphor, um, I like metaphors, but I also like literal, literal interpretations too. So I think that was nice. Um, and uh, she says, if you don't have the capacity to read the whole book right now, you can follow her shortcut journey through the book. It's an abridged way of reading the book and should only take you about 30 minutes to an hour, depending on your reading speed. So I thought that was pretty cool too, that she, at the end of a couple of the chapters, <clears throat> it'll say like shortcut and then it'll tell you what page to go to. And so you don't miss any of like the main themes, but it just, but it does take you through the book a little faster. You know, faster um, if you want to get through it pretty quick. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I'm not going to go through the introduction. Kind of talked about that at the back. Um, or well, um, like at least her story anyways. Um, in the introduction though, on page four, she talks about like what are care tasks. So in throughout this book, you'll hear her talk about care tasks and it's important to kind of know what that is. So what are we dealing with here? So care tasks are the chores of life. Cooking, cleaning, laundry, feeding, dishes, and hygiene. Um, but when you actually, um, and they may seem like they're not complex, right? Like I must do the dishes or I have to do the laundry. Those things seem very simple, but they are not. If you break them down, they're actually a pretty complex thing that we have to do um, that they, they take you know, time and energy and skill and planning and maintenance um, to go through those care tasks. And when you start to think about it, they, they no longer become simple. Like when you write down, like, I need to do the laundry. Like for me, I don't know, I can't remember how long I've been doing it, but typically if I write something down on my to-do list and I'll write down, like, do the laundry, I'll, I'll catch myself and I'm like, okay, do the laundry. No, Heather, write that out. Like, okay, wash. Like, okay, I, I get like the wash and dry part. Those two things go together. So I don't have to write those out. But then under do the laundry, I also have to put fold the laundry, put away the laundry. <laughs> like I have to mark it out or I have to write it down. 
because it also gives me that little hit of dopamine because I can say I washed the laundry, folded the laundry, put away the laundry. <laughs> I get three, three ticks off that checklist, three little hits of dopamine. Makes my brain feel good. Anyways, we, we carry on. Uh, and she goes and she talks about this a little bit more. But the thing I really, really like that she says in here um, is she says, um, I do not think laziness exists. Because how many times, I mean, I think everybody probably does this at some point. They say, oh my gosh, I'm so lazy. I didn't do anything this weekend. All I did was, do, you know. They talk about how lazy they are. And I am super, super duper guilty of this in, in calling myself lazy when I don't get things done or, or something like that. Like recording this podcast, right? When I, when I worked till like, I worked a lot of hours last week. I had a lot to get, the, to get done. And a lot of it is I, I just put extra expectations upon myself to get some things done. And, and so it was my fault. But like on Wednesday night, when I needed to, was it Wednesday? Yeah, it was Wednesday night. Wednesday night when I needed to record this podcast, when I was like, okay, Heather, you need to sit down and do it. I didn't get up. I didn't get up from this chair until nine o'clock. Like I left work at nine o'clock. I had stopped and taken a dinner break, but I came back to work to finish the thing I was working on. And, but yet in the back of my head, I kept going, gosh, I'm so lazy because I didn't do the podcast this week. no. No, it's not because I was lazy. I did not manage my time properly. I took a bit off more than I could chew when it comes to my workload. Those are, those are realistic things. I didn't, the podcast didn't get done on, you know, for Thursday launch because I'm lazy. That's not. But in my head, let me tell you, that was a soundtrack that kept trying to play. <laughs> that, Heather, you're just so lazy. Why didn't you do? No not the right soundtrack. So I really like this, this comment that she says, I do not think laziness exists. She says, you know, what does exist? Executive dysfunction, procrastination, feeling overwhelmed, perfectionism, trauma, um, amotivation, chronic pain, energy fatigue, depression, lack of skills, lack of support, and differing priorities. Thank you. Thank you, Casey Davis. That something I feel like we all need the reminder of. Um, and then I like that she points out too, um, and I think this was pointed out on the back. Um, yeah, so when she said in the description on the back of the book, when it says, you don't, you don't work for your home, your work, home works for you. Um, how she, how it's put kind of here in the introduction is you don't exist to serve your space. Your space exists to serve you. And I like that. Um, she goes on to say here, internalizing this belief will help you a shift your perspective from care task, uh, shift your perspective of care task from a moral obligation to a functional errand. B see what changes you actually want to make and C weave them into your life with minimal effort, relying not on self-loathing, but on self-compassion. I like that. So again, you don't exist to serve your space. Your space exists to serve you. Um, okay. 
In chapter one is called Care Tasks Are Morally Neutral. She talks about this a lot in the book when she goes through the different things. She's like, this is morally neutral. And I like, I like that concept um, of thinking about things. So it says care tasks are morally neutral. Being good or bad at them has nothing to do with being a good person, parent, man, woman, spouse, friend. Literally nothing. You are not a failure because you cannot keep up with laundry. Laundry is morally neutral. Such a good reminder because, I mean, and this is not always just because like, you know, like this is a neurodiverse, neurodiversity focused week. This book is written uh, to help people that have neurodivergence um, and even though like that's kind of the focus, I still think probably everybody deals with, with this uh, type of thing of thinking that, um, you know, because I am uh, not a good, um, like I'm not a good cook. I am not good at keeping up with the laundry. I am not good at cleaning the bathroom. It feels like they're a moral failure, but you're not. Those are morally neutral tasks. It's a task. You know, I, I may, I don't do laundry the same way that, um, my mom does laundry or my mother-in-law does laundry or even my husband does laundry and that's okay. That doesn't make me better. It doesn't make me worse. We just do it differently and that's fine. Um, so that goes back to the fact that it's not, it doesn't make you better or worse than somebody. It's morally neutral. <laughs> Okay, uh, so chapter three is called For All the Self-Help Rejects. I, there, there's, we're, we're going to cover se several things in this chapter, but the first paragraph of this chapter just, it spoke to my heart in so many ways. <laughs> and you'll understand as I read this why. Um, so this is For All the Self-Help Rejects. I love some, y'all know self-help is, is we've talked a lot about that on here. Okay. Marie Kondo says to trifold your underwear, the Admiral swears making your bed will change your life. Rachel Hollis thinks the key to success is washing your face and believing in yourself. Capsule wardrobes, rainbow colored organization. They're calling out home edit there. I think though, I feel like this book was written before that, but I could be wrong. <laughs> But we know, we know. Um, bullet journals. Ooh, bullet journals. Yep. How many of these have we tried? How many did we stick with? And if you're like me, this is the author speaking, right? If you're like me, the answer is probably none. Whew, man. Um, so, yeah. So Marie Kondo. I've watched the show. Uh, I watched the first season and I watched part of the second season. Uh, I didn't get into the second season quite as much. Um, but, you know, the whole like, like the little boxes and the way that she folds. Um, I tried to do a lot of those things. I do fold my t-shirts the Marie Kondo way. I do like that. Um, but that's, I think that's pretty much it. That's the only thing I've kept. And, and Home Edit folds them, folds them that way as well, or they're close enough, similar. 
Um, I do try to make my bed every day. Um, but uh, I, I'm the first one to get out of it. So sometimes the bed doesn't get made till like midday if it gets made at all. Uh, because Jay doesn't make the bed. So, um, and of course, Rachel Hollis, we've talked about her here. We, we know, uh, we know I was down that toxic positivity train. Um, let's see, capsule wardrobes. I've never tried to have one, but like I've watched a lot of stuff about like wardrobes and how like get your wardrobe like to be easier and, and, and better, that kind of thing. Um, rainbow colored organization. Uh, my books are done in rainbow in, in the rainbow pattern. Um, it's just aesthetically pleasing for me. Uh, it doesn't, I still have, I still struggle to find books <laughs> that I have. If I can remember what it looks like, it's helpful, but I can't always. So sometimes it's still a struggle. Uh, and then bullet journals. I love a bullet journal. Um, but keeping up with a bullet journal, sticking with a bullet journal, yeah, if you look through my bullet journals, you'll see like Heather will go like super strong for maybe a month where it's very organized. I've got all the things, all the, every day has a list, every day has a sticker, something like that. And then like the next month, because I didn't plan accordingly to add all the dates in and, and put the stickers on the book. And then I, I go like for three weeks without putting anything in it. Like that's how I bullet journal. That's it. That's how I do it. I just, I do it when it works for me. Uh, that's what I've learned about myself. Um, but she says in here, right? Um, why is it that we rarely stick to things like this? Um, and she, she kind of gives a couple, couple reasons. So she says, one, any task or habit requiring extreme force will deplete your ability to exert the type of energy, that type of energy over time. The truth is that human beings can only exert high effort for short periods. Again, that, that kind of speaks to just the energy that it takes. Like I have to be in the right mindset to like, pre-plan my bullet journal and if I am not it doesn't get done so yeah I gotta be in the, the right mindset so because you can only be you can only exert that amount of effort for short periods of time um the second one in here says many self-help gurus over at over attribute their success to their own hard work without any regard to the physical mental or economic privileges they hold now, this particular thing, um, I actually just posted about on LinkedIn and on my personal Facebook. Um, I haven't put it on, on Instagram yet. I need to, but I'm going to read this to you. So I posted this the other day because this is something that somebody posted it on LinkedIn, um, they, they posted, you know, everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. Like that was the post and that's what prompted me to kind of like write this, write this post out. So here, here are my thoughts um, in, you know, also kind of backing up what Casey has, has just said in here about uh, not having regard for other people's situations. All right. I have often seen and heard people say, say everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. I'm sure I've probably said it too. I will take that blame. Uh, and while it's a true statement, having the same amount of time, having the same amount of hours in a day isn't the point. 
not everyone has the same amount of support, physical health, mental health, money, access, transportation, etc. to get them through the 24 hours. The message shouldn't be that because we all have the same 24 hours, we should all be accomplishing CEO slash celebrity level work. Because that's what it is. It's like, well, don't you see what this person's accomplishing in their 24 hours? Well, good for them. What all support do they have? What is their situation? You're, you're not giving that information. Um, so for me, right, the message instead should be, have you have 24 hours today. How can you love yourself? How can you help someone? How can you remember someone? And how can you learn something today in these next 24 hours, right? How can you love yourself, help someone, remember someone, and learn something? Those actions may be small. Um, they may be small sometimes. But the ripple effect of even that small action can reach further than you realize. It's so true. It is so true. Um, when you think about just the little pe little things that you can do can create such a ripple effect. Sorry, we're going to go back to this support thing. Um, oh, sorry. Adjusting in my chair, shaking my camera over here. Um, but yeah, so like people try to attribute their success to like themselves, but they never call out the fact that they have, oh, I have a nanny and I have a house cleaner and I have an assistant and I have my, you know, my wife does this or my husband does this or, or whatever. They don't call that out. They're just like, Hey, I built this business, bootstrapped it up for, you know, the past 10 years. Just me. You got it. Just me. And never account for the fact that they've had um, a spouse that made um, a, a good amount of money to be able to support said business uh, and support having a nanny and support having a housekeeper and like none of that's there. But if you have somebody doing those things, that means you don't have to do them. That means you have more time to focus on the other things. Okay, sorry. I'll get off that soapbox. Uh, number three, she says, as far as, um, you know, is that it, it, again, kind of backs that up, is that different people struggle differently and privilege isn't the only difference. Um, someone might find a way to meal plan or exercise or organize their pantry that revolutionizes their life, but the solutions that work for them are highly dependent on not only their unique barriers, but also their strengths, personality, and interest. I think that's a very good call out. Um, I, and I love that people like share the way that they do things and they um, offer that up. That's what, you know, that's what I do on this podcast, right? These are the things that have worked for me. These are the things that I'm trying um, in, in the, you know, fact that maybe you want to try it too, or maybe it's worked for, you know, maybe you go, oh, hey, I think that would work for me, but I think I would do it maybe this way or that way. Um, you know, I'm not trying to, I number, I'm not a medical doctor. Um, I am not, a, I'm not a certified coach. Uh, <laughs> none, none of those things, right? I have, I have, I have leadership experience. I have experience in, in training and development. Like that, that's where my experience lies, uh, within corporate settings. Um, 
but when it comes to like prescribing you things to do, that's not ever, it's not really what I, I never want to like prescribe and say you have to do this or you should do this. Um, my, my thought is more so like, I'm going to share with you what I'm doing. I'm going to share with you what's helping me. Um, or I'm going to share something that I've found that maybe didn't help me, but may, may help you. Um, I'm more, you know, giving information so that you can make your own determination on what you want to do, um, and the direction you want to go. I'm sorry. Ooh, I just went down that off task. Sorry. Um, okay, here we go. Um, so, oh, I like this one. Okay. Yeah. So chapter four is gentle skill building. Um, and this is the five things tidying method. Um, and so this is uh, one of the approaches that Casey uses. Um, and she says there are actually only five things in any room, trash, dishes, laundry, things that have a place and are not in their place and things that do not have a place. Uh, and so this is kind of when she's starting to tidy a room. So when, you know, it's time to tackle that, you know, now let's, let's go in and let's, let's do this. So she says the first step is to take a trash bag and pick up all of the trash, throw it into the bag, um, take large trash items like boxes and stack them together and place the trash bag with it, but do not take the trash out yet right? You're just gathering the trash and you're going to put it maybe right at the door, right outside the door or entryway to that room. You're just, but you're not going to go, you're not going to take it outside. We're not going to get distracted. It says next, gather all of the dishes and then place them in your sink or on your counter, but do not do the dishes. So kind of like with the trash, right? You're, you're just going to get all of the dishes. You're going to go through, okay, dish, 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 cup, cup, cup. Okay. Now I'm going to take these. They're going to go in the sink, back to the room. And then it says, take a laundry basket and pick up all of the clothes and shoes. Place the laundry basket next to the trash pile. Again, we're not doing the laundry. We're just picking it up. And then four, pick a space in the room, like a corner or a desk to put all of the items, um, put all of the items there that have a place, uh, that have a place, the words y'all, sorry, put all of the Put all the items there that have a place back um, in their place. Maybe there's just a word missing from that sentence. Basically, <laughs> um, okay, hold on. I have to pause for a second here. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay, I think I got it. Um, so if something has a place, but it's not in its right place, put it, put it in that pile and then, uh, put the items that have no place in a pile. Um, and then move to the next space. Oh, y'all. <laughs> Let me, I'm probably not going to edit this podcast. So I'm sorry if that just didn't make any sense. Uh, Heather just now got it. This, the, the switch just flipped for me. Basically, so if you're in a room, let's say, uh, let's take my bedroom, for example. If I were going to do this in my bedroom and I got to, got to step four, right, the things. And I, I would start with like my dresser. So the things in my, on my dresser, what, it, what should be there, what has a place. Let me, let me deal with those first. And then I'm going to deal with things that don't have a place that are just kind of randomly sitting there. I just set it there and hadn't moved it. 
um, that kind of thing. Now, now, and then, and then move through the different spots of the room um, until you, until you have that. So uh, once you're done, you have a pile of things that don't have a place, right? Cause you've anything that was like on my dresser that had a place, I'm going to stick it back in the place that it goes like on my makeup thing and my makeup bag and makeup thing uh, in my jewelry box, that kind of thing. If it did not have a place, it's going to go in a pile. Um, and then as I go around, oh, sorry, uh, as I go around the room, I'm going to continue to do that making, and I'll end up with this pile of things that don't have a place. And now it is easier, uh, to tackle this category. So I may choose, you may choose to get rid of some items that have no place. So they're just contributing to the clutter or you can find them a permanent place. Maybe it wasn't meant to be, um, in your bedroom, um, you know, at all. And you're like, okay, this ended up here. I don't know how. Let me take this back out somewhere and, and work on it from there. And then finally, take out, take your trash out to the bin, throw the laundry in the washroom or the laundry room, uh, or the wash or the laundry room. And now your space is livable. Um, and she says, I always save the dishes for another day. <laughs> So she didn't immediately say, okay, now that we've done that, now do all the things, trash out, do the laundry, do the dishes, do the, like, no, we take it five things, right? These are the things that we do. Here's the order that we do them in. Um, and I like the way that, that she thinks about that because it separates it into, you, you can focus on one thing at a time. I know when I tend, when, when I go through and I'm like cleaning my office or if I'm cleaning out the closet or something like that. I will go through and like, I pull everything out and then I get really overwhelmed and I'm like, oh, and, or I'll get, you know, sucked into a photo album or a book or a hobby that I've randomly found that I had and, and start working on something like that versus actually working on the project at hand. So having this mentality and this focus is a really good idea. Uh, if you're, if you have a, like a large project or, or you know, kind of like a whole room to, to tackle. Then she, she puts this at the, at the end of this little chapter is what to do with donations. And I, and I like this, right? Cause it's, she says, listen to me, picture my hands cupping your face and my eyes looking directly into yours. Take a deep breath. Heed these words. It's okay, friend, throw it away. Um, you know, it says the clothes you've been meaning to donate that have been sitting there for six months, throw them away. The item you've been planning to sell that's making your room unfunctional for months, throw them away. Um, she says, I'm not anti-donation. I'm just pro-realism and pro-accessibility. Today is about getting back to functioning. And if you have not done it yet, it's not going to get done. Throw it away. It's okay really. So thinking about donations. So I, I had a couple donations. I had a couple pairs of pants, like sitting behind one of my hampers, um, that I couldn't wear anymore. And I had some jackets out of this closet here in my office that were just kind of sitting on a chair and that were going to be for either donation or, th or throw away. I had some pillows, like throw pillows that Again, we talked about this second ago. I don't always make my bed, so I don't always put all the throw pillows on. So they were just sitting there getting in the way. Uh, so I threw away some, uh, you know, I was like, I'm going to give these away or throw them away or whatever. So I put everything in a trash bag and I set it, I set it out by the sofa um, and, and like right on the corridor, like going out of our house. 
And Jay asked me today, he was like, hey, is this trash or is this donate? And I was like, oh, it can be either. If you want to take it to donate, that's great. If you don't, you can put it in the trash can. Doesn't matter. But there had been this blue bucket of things. It wasn't just clothes. There was like some like stuff in there too. Like I had a screen protector thing in there for a computer or something. Um, th so there was this, this bucket, really nice bucket from container, from the container store that I really liked this bucket, but it was sitting there and it was sitting at the, the front door and I had just, I'd been waiting like I, to gather up some more stuff, like, you know, just to get a whole thing gathered up, take to donate, to donate. Uh, and so to last night we, we, he had asked me about that, about that bag. And I was like, where's that other, where's that other container? And he was like, oh, I took it to the, I took it to the store. And I was like, where's the blue container? It was all in. He was like, it went to the, to Goodwill. And I was like, no, you took my good container. <laughs> but I have to remind myself it had sat there for, I don't know, a month, month and a half. I don't, I have no clue how long it had been sitting there. Um, so it's not like I, that bucket, the whole point of that bucket was to hold clothes that I was going to donate. I can find another bucket. I, I can find another bag. I, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but it had been sitting there for so long and my husband was finally like, she's not going to do anything with this. I'm just going to take it. There we go. That's fine. But I like that thought, right? You can throw it away. It's okay to throw it away. Okay. Um, she's got a section in here about, um, like mess has no inherent, inherent meaning. And then she's got this list of things that I like. She was like, instead of this, try saying this. Um, and this is one of those things when you're, when you're trying to get out of a, a certain mentality or, um, like you're trying to reframe your self-talk. I like it when people give you other things to call things. Um, I think it's helpful because sometimes when you're, you're stuck in that, that mindset or, or that vocabulary, you don't know what to replace it with. So she gives us some, some information. Um, so she says, instead of saying chores, say care task. Chores are obligations. Care task or kindness to self. Instead of cleaning, say resetting the space. Cleaning is endless. I meant to that. Uh, resetting the space has a goal. Instead of saying it's so messy in here, try this space has reached the end of its functional cycle. <laughs> It's so messy in here feels like failure. This space has reached the end of its functional cycle is morally neutral. Um, good enough is good enough. Change that to good enough is perfect. Good enough is good enough sounds like settling for less. Good enough is perfect means having boundaries and reasonable expectations. I love that thought. Reasonable expectations. I like it. Um, okay. I, oh, let me check the time. Oh, we've been here like 40 minutes, y'all. Mm, okay. 
Uh, and I'm only, uh, we're only on page 29. Okay, let me be very selective about what, what I share so I can wrap this up uh, here soon. Because um, I like these foundations. I like the foundations that she gives to things. Um, this one is, this next chapter is chapter 6. Uh, care tasks are functional. And I, I just, I, just, I kind of like how she presents this, right? About finding the function. But she starts out and she says, you are a person. You deserve to be cared for. I want your home to care for you. How do we do that? And we do that by focusing on function. And she says, you can break uh, care task down into three layers. At their foundation, care tasks have the basic function of keeping your body or space safe and healthy. Right? And, and she equates this to a cupcake. Right? She's like, that's the bottom of the cupcake is, you know, the basic function of keeping your body or space safe and healthy. The icing on that cupcake, uh, so to say, are things that increase your comfort. So, right, so, so you're, you're healthy and safe. Um, and now this is going to increase your comfort. The cherry on top of that, or, or the cherry or the sprinkles on top of that cupcake, um, are just the things that make you happy. Now, in the back of the book, she has an appendix that talks about, um, like, like finding function in, in care task. And so, um, let me use the example of, um, we'll use the example of, we'll go with laundry. So health and safety, right? That, that first layer, like the foundation that needs to get done, right? I need clean clothes to wear. That's the basic. The comfort of that is I want my clothes to look nice and for me to find what I am looking for easily. Got it. Okay. So, right. So we have like some weeks when I don't put my laundry away, right? I'm health and safety. Like it got done. They're clean. Comfort is when I do the laundry and I have the, I have the function and space and energy to actually fold them, put them away so that they're not wrinkled um, and I can find them easier. Um, and then the third level, so sprinkles or cherry on top is the happiness level is I have, I like having an aesthetically pleasing closet, right? This is, this is the closet that's organized in the rainbow. Mine is not that way. I do fairly well to do, to do sleeveless shirts, t-shirts, long sleeve. <laughs> That's as organized as my closet gets at this point. Uh, but I like the way that, that she that she frames that up and, and that she thinks about that. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, I like this. I like this point that she says. Um, this is talking about, like, again, back to functional task and making something functional for you, right? So the way that I do something may not be the same. It may not function the same for you. Um, and she calls this out. She says, for a lot of people, finding a method that bypasses the most executive functioning barriers or makes that task a little less intolerable is better than what's quickest. In the end, the approach that you are motivated to do and enjoy doing is the most efficient because you're actually doing it and not avoiding it. I 100% uh, 
definitely agree with that. And I, I had never thought about it that way, right? I've always known like, hey, what works for you may not work for me. What works for me may not work for you. But when I think about being efficient, it may be efficient for you to do it in, in a certain way. And it may be faster. If we, if we time something, it may be faster to do it whatever way you're saying to do it. But I may not be able to start that task in the same way. I may not be motivated by the same thing to get it done. And so the way that it works for me to be able to do that task is going to be a, a different way. There's a lot of talk in this book. Um, she she talks about like closing duties uh, where like every night she washes her dishes. And uh, I know uh, Kelly, uh, what is her last name? Bedenfort. It's But First, but first Coffee. Uh, that's her YouTube channel name. Um, but she, you know, she has the, the ritual every night where she doesn't go to bed with a dirty sink. Like she, she cleans the dishes every night. Um, you know, whatever's in the sink gets washed and, you know, dried, put away, that kind of thing. And I've tried that. I, I will tell you, I've realized since reading this book and just thinking about the things that make like mentally you know, that, that work for me, the quick, efficient ways, I could care less if there are dishes in the sink when I go to bed. I actually prefer to wash the dishes first thing in the morning. When I get up and I, like, before I make my coffee and my breakfast, uh, I will, you know, I'm watching a video or listening to a podcast and I wash the dishes. It's just, it's just me standing in the kitchen. I don't have anything else happening. I'm not, there's nobody else I'm focused on because I'm the only one awake. I've already fed the cat. So he's, he's not yelling at me. I can just take the time to do the dishes. Like that, you know, it makes more sense to run the dishwasher at night because it's, you know, it can be loud. And so just run it, run it at night or whatever, put the dishes away in the morning Number one, I hate emptying the dishwasher. Hate it. Least favorite thing to do. I don't mind loading the dishwasher. I don't like unloading the dishwasher. Jay typically does that for me. <laughs> um, but but for me, right? So again, people are, are all about like, hey, I'm gonna clean, you know, clean the sink out. Uh, I'm gonna wash these dishes tonight before I go to bed so it's all clean in the morning. That does not work for me. I like to clean those dishes in the morning. So there we go. Uh, I, I think that that's, you know, everybody, everybody has what works for them. Um, okay. Let me see. I'm not going to go through all of these. Um, oh, she does point out here in chapter 13 um, about women and care tasks. And she says, um, although men may struggle with completing care task, they are less likely to receive the message from society that they are not worthy of love or not valid as a human if they are not good at these tasks. This distress becomes heavy and can permeate the mental health of women, but it does not have to be this way. Regardless of your gender, reflect on what messages you receive about women and care tasks 
How have these messages affected your view of women and your relationship with them? How has it impacted your feelings about your own gender? And I, I agree. It's, I, I see this stuff all the time, not just with, with caring for your home, like cleaning the house or cooking or, you know, but like raising children, there's a lot of like reels and posts out there that are like, you know, questions my husband never gets asked, right? Um, you know, which is, you know, it, oh, is your wife babysitting the baby or, um, I can't remember what, there's so many of them, but just, it's where the, you know, you take like the questions that you get asked, um, like as a woman, you know, if you're a, if you're a mom, right, somebody, and you have, like, maybe you're out, you're, you're out by yourself, right, you don't have the kids, somebody asks you, oh, is your husband babysitting? Well, they're his kids, <laughs> like, he doesn't have to babysit, he's taking care of his children, like, I don't have, like, as a mother, you don't have to be the only person taking care of your children, like, that's, you know, but that's the thing. People, people immediately like the, they, it's changed. Like the way that people say things change based on your gender and with care task and like taking care of your home and cleaning and all of those things, it is typically looked, you know, more, you know, down on a woman who maybe isn't keeping up in the other people's eyes let me put it that way their perspective or their perception is that that person's not keeping a clean house they're not keeping tidy they're not doing these things that it's a that it's a moral failing whereas if a, a man were were doing the same thing it wouldn't be looked at that way it's like oh well he's just you know he, he's not given the same judgment so I, I like that she she points that out that it's um it, it, that society tends to make us feel like we're not worthy um, of the same level of, of love in that respect. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, okay. Um, I, I want to make this call out for, for myself as a reminder. Um, there is a chapter. Chapter 18 is um, when you don't have kids. Um, and she, she, this is, a, and this is what I'm saying when these chapters are short, right? It's a one page chapter and this book isn't a tall book. So it's two paragraphs. Uh, this is my kind of book, by the way. I think if I write a book, it'll be like this. Um, she says, my point is that having kids doesn't make care tasks easier or harder. It just makes them different. Uh, she said, I was messy far before I ever had kids. I struggled to get the dishes done as a single and childless person for my whole life. You do not need to have children for your struggles with care tasks to be valid. You are welcome here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Because I don't have children. And, so, and I don't know how you moms do it. And you dads. I don't know how you moms and dads do it. Don't know. I, kudos to you. Because I, I, I very much respect what you do. Because I, I over here, I'm struggling uh, with, my, with my childless self uh, sometimes to, to get things done. But my struggles are valid. So um, she has a chapter um, about caring for your body when you hate it. Yeah, this one, this one hit. Um, 
she says it's in it helps to consider your body as separate from you you have a body but you uh you you are not your body uh so even if you think your body is a little bit ratty you can get to know it slowly curiously non-judgmentally by caring for it and it might end up your friend literal interpretation this is what she remember I told you she puts these in here she says you do not have to wait to care about your body to care for your body in fact caring for your body can often cause you to start liking it more I need to remember these things um let's see what there's so many things I'm skipping which makes me sad because they're so good um Let's see. Um, how do I want to close this out? Do, 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 do. Ah, okay. I think, I, yeah, let's do, let's do this. Yeah, let's do this one. Okay, so uh, this is from the chapter um, Maintaining a Space. So gentle, gentle Skill Building, Maintaining a Space. This is chapter 23. And she talks a little bit about like cleaning schedules and stuff. But then she says, it doesn't happen all at once. That's this section. She says, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to do better to start feeling better. You can start a journey of creating functional systems uh, for you while being kind to yourself. You deserve kindness, regardless of how many working systems you've found. Even if that kindness is only coming from yourself, you can live a a joyful life and just and be just good enough at care task, even if things aren't totally functional yet. It's a process and one that I am still into. The key is to embrace that idea that there's no finish line of worthiness. You are worthy now. Words after my own heart. <laughs> Words after my own heart. Um, okay. I said that was going to be the last thing. Um, Uh, sorry three more things three more things and then and then I will I will hush gosh y'all it's been almost an, it's been 54 minutes oh my goodness thank you for being here <laughs> um at the towards the end of the book so like chapter 38 and 39 um the ch- 38 is your weight is is morally neutral um, and she reminds at the beginning that like feeding your body is a ter- is a care task, resting your body is a care task, taking medication to control health symptoms is a care task, moving your body, physical therapy, and other healing activities are care tasks. Um, it says it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to investigate what foods and nutrients help your body function and feel best, but making or keeping yourself thin is not a care task. There are lots of ways to make your body smaller that will not produce better health. I really like that reminder. Um, And then the next chapter 39 is food is morally neutral. Um, And she says healthy is a holistic state of being that requires more than just knowing the amount or type of nutrients in the food you're eating. Being kind to yourself while eating ice cream is healthier than hating yourself while eating a salad. I'm going to repeat that for the folks in the back. 
Being kind to yourself while eating ice cream is healthier than hating yourself while eating a salad. Anxiety and perfectionism are not good for your health. At the end of the day, your relationship to food is as much a factor in your health as fueling your body in a way that makes you feel, uh, that makes, sorry, the words. At the end of the day, your relationship to food is as much of a factor in your health as fueling your body in a way that makes you feel good is. Okay, last thing. Uh, and this is the, um, the last sentence of the book before you hit like acknowledgements in the appendix. And she says, care task exists for one reason only to make your body and space functional enough for you to easily experience the joy this world has to offer. Definitely a, a book that offers a lot of good, like practical advice. I didn't even touch on like the practical stuff. Like she goes into like different ways to do, you know, to set up like doing the dishes. There's a, an example in here of, I, I think it's her or somebody that she brings in, but it's, um, they have a dish rack for their dirty dishes. So they, they put the dirty dishes on the dish rack by the sink and so when they're ready to do the dishes and, and load the dishwasher, nothing's in, like the sink is always free and clear. I was like, that's super smart. I don't have the counter space for that. So when we redid our, our countertops uh, back at the end of last year, and I got a bigger sink. <laughs> so like half the sink can be dirty stuff, right? And, and the other half, I can still have plenty of room to like use it. But I, I get that that's not the case for everybody. So I was like, that's a good idea. Like if you had the counter space to do that, shoot. And it works for you, go for it. Um, definitely recommend the book. If you'd like to know more about the book, if, if you have questions, I mean, shoot me a message. Uh, happy to talk about it again. If you want me to dive into some of the more specifics, happy to do that as well. Um, but go check it out. I'll put a link to it down in the description um, and to her website. I have not checked out her website, so I can't tell you what, what it, I know it's strugglecare.com, I believe. Um, I haven't looked at it. I'm not sure exactly what's out there, but um, head on over and look at it. Um, before I head out to uh, watch some Criminal Minds before I go to bed while I uh, officially edit this podcast together, uh, I would like to ask that if you would please share this podcast on your social media. I would really appreciate it. Uh, and if you have time to drop a review on your podcast app or perhaps uh, like and comment if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I would really appreciate it. That would be above and beyond uh, my expectations. So I appreciate the engagement regardless of the platform, whether you comment on a picture on Instagram, you DM me on Instagram, you, you like something on Facebook, you like the video, you give me a rating, whatever. I appreciate all of the engagement. Um, I really do. Thank you for being here and being part of this journey with me. Um, coming up on Thursday, I have an interview with Krista Hutchins uh, coming out um, she is somebody that I met back um, at Ballistum back in no November of 2019 uh, before this podcast was even officially live. Uh, and so I met her um, and so we finally got together for an interview. And so I'll be sharing that one on Thursday. Um, but until then, I want you to remember that you are loved, you are worthy, and there are great things ahead for you in this life if you trust and believe in the Lord. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye!